Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This hour is brought to you by Jewel Osco. Check the For You app for more deals. You're looking for a guy that pairs well with him. You know, Jaquan is a guy that's a strong safety. He comes down, man's tight ends. Uh, he's a big hammer. Um, the guy that we'll be looking for has got to have athletic ability. He's got to have range. He's got to have great communication skills. Um, and he's got to have ball skills. You know, we want all of our guys to have the ability to take the ball away. Um, and he has to have that too. And then then eventually grow into a leader. You know, if it's a, if it's a free agent, he's going to have to feel the temperature of the room and then and, and dive into the leadership role. And if it's a rookie, he's going to have to develop that with the other guys. Matt Eberflus as football sommelier. What pairs well with a Jaquan Brisker? Maybe a lovely Pinot Noir with a bit of red fruit on the front and lighter tannins on the back end, or maybe a massive Cabernet that needs to breathe for an hour. I was like, I'm not familiar with the terminology. Let's talk some football with the guy who knows a lot about it. That would be Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus. He's the PFF salary cap analyst, contributor to OverTheCap.com on Twitter at PFF underscore Brad. And with us on the Score Hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino, CircaLasVegas.com, Twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 to score. Hello again, Brad. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Brad, we are great, man. Thanks for joining us. And I know that some of this is is retreading territory that you and I talked about on Football Night in Chicago. But I got to let the score audience in on you breaking some of this stuff down. So find the Bears a center in free agency. Who's out there? I think the big name you're going to hear a little bit about is Lloyd Cushenberry. You saw Brad Biggs mention his name. I don't think Brad Biggs mentioned his name by accident. Uh, I think he's probably the best. Young, pass-protecting center in free agency. Not the greatest player at the second level, if you're thinking of a perfect run scheme fit for Shane Waldron, but certainly a good athlete, a former third-round pick out of LSU. Um, was top 10 for us the last two seasons um, and pass uh, pressure rate allowed as a pass protector. He's young. Uh, he's physical. Uh, I think that's your big name. And then I think if you don't go there, you just go to two pretty obvious, pretty easy connections. Two guys that played for Shane Waldron. Uh, the first being Evan Brown, who played in Seattle this past year. Another guy I like probably even more than that is Coleman Shelton, who played with him for the Rams a couple of years ago. A guy that can play guard, can play center, is good getting to the second level, um, you know, backside blocks and, and in space is a good athlete. So get the connections there, or you kind of take the bigger swing on a guy like a Lloyd Cushenberry. Is Cushenberry the one coming off an injury? No, he, he missed about half the season in 2022. Uh, this okay. past year, he played over 1,000 snaps, which is what he also did uh, his rookie and sophomore year. So, no, he's, he's largely been very, very durable. Now that we know what the cap number is, what are, your, what are the rankings as far as who's got effective cap space? Yep, so the Bears are still top five. Uh, I want to say they're third or fourth as of right now in effective cap space. You know, 80 and overall, you, you chop off about 12, 13 with the current draft class. You know, of course, the, the first overall pick and the ninth overall pick get pretty big contracts. And then got to fill out the rest of the roster. So still way, way up there. They don't have any proven performance escalators, which is these increased salaries. 
because uh, guys like Kevin and, and Larry Borum, uh, Khalil Herbert, no one qualified for the Bears this year. So didn't lose space for those different things. Um, obviously, a Jalen Johnson tag would be about $20 million. But even after the tag, they, they, if they go that route, uh, they still have a ton of resources to work with. Brad, based on your calculations, based on all the data that you have, where in general is the best free agent money spent and where is the worst free agent money spent by position? Yeah, the data is pretty strong. You want to spend on the non-premium position. So interior offensive line, like we just talked about. Um, if you're talking D-line, you're talking run defending edges, early down guys, or you know nose tackles, not your pass rush types. So I think safety is always a good one. Off-ball linebacker, you can do pretty well. You're not going to find – the simplest way to put it is, if a marquee tackle receiver or edge rusher – or obviously quarterback, um, is a free agent, there is inherently a red flag and a negative signal in the fact he's even on the market because teams aren't letting elite players at premium positions leave. So I would say that at a high level. And then secondly, you can attack the premium position, so to speak, but more for rotational pieces, you know, guys that fill a certain type of role, not you know, starter three-down type players. You mentioned Jalen Johnson earlier today. Ryan Poles started off his press conference talking about Johnson, and he sounded as if they're very far down the road on an extension for him. From what you know of the of how he graded out, what you thought of how he played, and what you think the market is, what makes sense for a a, a contract for Jalen Johnson? Yeah, look, it's going to be near top of the market. I also think it is a decent chance it gets done without a franchise tag even happening. Um, I think they are fairly close. I think if you're Jalen Johnson's camp, you have to come in asking to reset the market. You know, Jair Alexander at $21 million a year is the highest-paid corner in the NFL. That's a deal that's a couple years old now. Um, And even ignoring the cap spike and all of those things, it's just it's been a stagnant market. And you kind of owe it to your your fellow, you know, position mates to try to reset that market and push it forward. So if I'm Jalen, I'm asking for, you know, $22 million a year. If I'm Chicago, I'd love to keep it, you know, around the 20 number. Um, You know, I think maybe that's kind of your – your final numbers, all right, we'll give you a four years, 80 type of range. Um, yeah, I mean, he was the highest-graded corner of all PFF this past year. And even in prior years, even in some occasions where he wasn't super highly graded, um, he's a guy where context matters a ton. You know, he, he is a guy that is taking on, you know, massive roles. Obviously, doesn't switch sides or trail against number one receivers, but um, he is a lockdown player, doesn't get a lot of safety help over the top. Like, he's a guy they trust to, to have those very difficult matchups. And he's 24 years old still. He'll be 25 in week one. But, yeah, he is a clear-cut top-10 corner in the league, uh, and his contract will, will soon reflect that. Brad, how did, how did Braxton Jones grade out this past year? Is, is, is he fine, or is, are there players in this draft that you could see the Bears looking at and saying they could do better, or in free agency? I think they – well, definitely not free agency. You know, we kind of talk about that. It's just it's nearly impossible to find a tackle. Um, there's a reason why a guy would be there. Injury question marks or other issues. So they're, they're not going to be able to sign anyone, in my opinion, that it's a market upgrade that's worth the price associated there. Braxton Jones is funny. The way I put it is he's kind of the new Charles Leno, where I think people sometimes oversee – it's hard to find an average starting left tackle in the NFL. It's almost like the, the planet theory. Just like how many guys are walking around Earth that are – Six five plus, three hundred pounds plus, and our dancing bears that can do these things. Like, I, and I think the reason why I see the Charles Leno comp is look against speed to power against the bigger, more physical pass rushers. Braxton Jones can get beat. Guys can get into his chest. 
and push him back a little bit. But he's a phenomenal fit in this run scheme, in my opinion. And I think he does pretty well against the kind of bendier, more finesse, speed type of edge rushers. Um, look, Miles Garrett, it, it, it was not a good matchup, but it's not a good matchup for anyone. So I think he's an above average starting left tackle on a fifth round contract. All of that said, if they're sitting there at nine and, you know, a Joe Alter and Olu Fashanu, the two top tackles in the class from you know, Notre Dame and Penn State, I think they probably consider it. Um, but if I'm them, I, I, I believe in the continued development and growth of Braxton Joe. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. As much as we talk about a quarterback being on a rookie deal, allowing you for some luxuries elsewhere, if what you're saying is true and you're not paying premium left tackle money, how compartmentalized is that as far as best NFL practices? Does that affect what you only pay other offensive linemen because you look at that as a single number? Or does that give you flexibility anywhere else in your roster? It's, it's definitely both, but I think it is a thing teams do where they, they say, how, come, how much do we want to allocate to an entire position group? So, like we know, they paid Nate Davis a solid guard contract, you know, lower middle tier, and then we're talking center. If I'm them, I do say... We have a rookie contract right tackle who we like a lot already, and he's one year into his deal. We have a rookie left tackle, or, you know, rookie contract left tackle who's two years into his deal. Yeah, you know what? Do we always want to spend a lot at center? No. But in this scenario, with that context, we'll make a splash there. We'll get a veteran, you know, to come in and work, and whether it's a rookie or whether you want to help Fields get back on track, whatever. Don't force him to work with a rookie that that has to adjust to the NFL game. Um, so, so, yeah, it's fluid. It's not a hard, bright-line rule. But they definitely do say, like, oh, let's make sure, you know, the, the, the allocation of resources is, is to a degree, you know, kind of spread out across different position groups. How do you feel about the running back position now overall when it comes to free agency dollars? Um, because – and the reason that I bring it up is that I, I look at the Bears running back room and I go, uh, it can it really use an upgrade. Now, maybe you can find that in the fourth or fifth round and not spend a lot of money on it. Are there any types of contract bargains for players that you could see having a, a, a good year under Shane Waldron and, and depending on what quarterback they have in free agency? Or is that something now that you just turn over to the draft? I'm actually at the point now where I think we've reached that inflection point, where I now do think, you know, not to use a, a Bears player as an example, but like the David Montgomery, the James Conner, these guys that are getting these, these you know, six, seven million dollar a year deals, they're better than that. It's just the market is so suppressed at, at all levels, you know, the top level guys, and then of course the mid tier and down. I actually do now think I would rather than use a, you know, third round pick or, you know, earlier than that, I'd rather pay a guy that I know is a good player. Maybe he's not great, whether it's, you know, lack of breakaway speed, maybe he can't play through contact all that well, whatever his shortcoming is. He's a clear cut quality member of a, of a unit. Um, you know, of a committee, if that's how you're going to go about it. Like, I, I think we're getting there. Like, a DeAndre Swift this year, a Zach Moss. Or like, there are guys that I think you're going to sign for 4 or $5 million a year that are, that are actually worth more than that because the, the position market is just so suppressed. 
If, in fact, the Bears were in the market for a new backup quarterback, if they wanted to strengthen that room as much as uh, certain people may love Tyson Bagent, who would be on the top of that list of a, a skilled, flexible veteran who would isn't going to necessarily be a threat to any starter, but you know can more than get you out of a game or get you through a few games as a backup? Yeah, it's funny. It's not going to be like the sexiest headline or storyline of the offseason, but it's one that like agents and teams I think find very fascinating. Is This past year was like the year of the backup quarterback. We had like 45 guys start games this year, and whether you had a, a Gardner Minshew that almost made the playoffs or you, you know, were going through the Tommy DeVitos of the world in New York, like it, it dictated – I mean, I guess that didn't really dictate the Giants season, but uh, with all due respect, but like it, it mattered a ton – kind of how you allocated resources there. So I do think Minshew is, is a guy that maybe makes sense. He's now, we've seen, um, he's probably a good mentor, good guy in you know, the film room to work with. I think he brings a good energy. He's fun. You know, like Chase Daniel wearing a costume, all that stuff, like trying to keep things light. Um, I think he'll do it pretty, pretty well, get a pretty good deal. Uh, I think he's one. I think Jacoby Brissett is honestly an underrated player and a guy that really should probably chase a bridge option and maybe even start for a couple of games, but might have to just go the, the veteran backup route um, so those two to me, you know, kind of jump out as, as really, really good candidates for a help a young player come along or, again, even help a Justin Fields just regain confidence and learn a new offense. Um, both of those guys to me are, are, are very, very quality backup quarterbacks. I, I'm glad that Dan asked that, that question and that you responded the way that you did because I, I think that the Bears quarterback room, regardless if it's Justin or Caleb, needs an upgrade, and they need an upgrade of a veteran quarterback that if they have to play, they can – but more importantly, someone that can help in the room. Like, there is there is value in that. And I don't know how, how to, to quantify the value, but I, they can't go back into a season where their quarterback room is Justin, Nathan, Peterman, and Tyson Bajan. It can't be that, Brad. I'm with you. I really am. I, I think it's underappreciated. And like you said, sometimes it's hard to quantify. You need to argue, well, this rookie didn't pan out and become a, you know, a, a franchise quarterback, so therefore there was no value. No. Like, for all you know, there are, there are plays or series where the young quarterback saw coverage or identified pre-snap a, a, a sim pressure or a blitz or something, and because of what the veteran said in the room, instead of getting sacked, he threw a you know, 15-yard completion. Like, that stuff is happening it builds confidence and also actually leads to on-field production. So, yeah, hard to quantify. It is certainly a real thing. Brad, appreciate it, man. Always great. Thank you. Of course. Thank you, guys. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.